Welcome to another episode of Behind the Studs, your home improvement and remodeling podcast, where the two most entertaining guys discuss the do's and don'ts in home construction and in the remodeling industry. Remember that you can nail it, paint it, or just tune into the show. How about that? Uh, here are your hosts, Colin Shaw and Jimmy Driscoll. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Studs. That's us. Hello, Jimmy. How are you? I'm awesome. Good. Hey, you know, uh, a lot of people were wondering, how do, uh, how's the uh, tracking of Bigfoot going? <laughs> pretty you know i brought it up i brought it up this weekend to a bunch of friends by the fire yeah and they just laughed hysterically because <laughs> it made so much sense uh-huh you know uh-huh. but and it was so funny everyone was like looking for oh my god there are bigfoot sightings in connecticut and I'm are like, there really I told you really connecticut there rhode island so maine of course vermont all right all right you know, so we got Bigfoot everywhere got Bigfoot everywhere right and i can't believe not one of our listeners is actually somebody who tracks bigfoot and called us Nobody. They're probably already out there tracking. <laughs> They're probably out there tracking. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Hey, listen, we got a very, very special guest with us today. A very special guest. Yes. Her name is Kathy Hanun, and she is the uh, president and founder of Dandelion Energy. Hello, Kathy. How are you? Hi, Kath. Hi. It's good to be here. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. So we need to learn lots and lots of things about uh, geothermal energy so yeah. sounds very very interesting absolutely yeah i mean I, i've got to be honest with you up around here we don't really we know of the term yep but we really don't know the details of it uh so i found it you know when you guys reach out and uh i started researching and stuff i'm like this is amazing so i am really excited that you're joining us so we can learn a lot more about it so thank you this is just another step in in energy because uh, Connecticut has basically been waking up for the past three or four or five years now with solar energy, and now it's starting to take off. But this sounds freaking fantastic, which, what you're doing. So we'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think, you know, for a state like Connecticut, something like 80% of the energy used in a typical home just goes towards heating, mostly heating, cooling, yeah. and then some hot water. And so... Um, you know, for most homes today, we get that heating from burning a fossil fuel, be it fuel oil or propane or natural gas. Sure. And what thermal lets you do is it actually lets you just collect a lot of the thermal, meaning heat energy, that's just naturally occurring in the earth and concentrate it and boost the temperature and circulate it through your home. So your home is cooled and heated just like it would be with a furnace or an air conditioner. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. you're actually using what's called a geothermal heat pump, and it allows you to do it with very, very high efficiency using renewable energy. Okay. So, yeah. How, so how does that actually work? So, yeah. you know, we, we're going to get the germoth- geothermal energy. See, I told you, I don't even know the term. That's that's how smart you I am. can't even speak to that. Right, exactly. Uh, I got it from here, Carl. <laughs> you take it. How Cut. does it work? How does it work? Yes. <laughs> That's easy. Let's dumb it yeah. down. Yeah. That was <laughs> Just dumb it down. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, right. so how there is a ground heat exchanger, which is just a fancy way of saying a thin plastic pipe with water running through it that you okay. install the yard. It's um, an inch and a quarter in diameter, so quite thin as a pipe, but wow. it goes very deep hmm. in the yard, 300 to 500 feet deep. It's a closed circuit. So water goes down this pipe and then it turns a corner and comes back up. 
And it's just constantly circulating through the ground into your heat pump that sits in your house where your furnace used to be. Um, and all that water is doing is it's collecting heat from the subsurface. So just from the earth, just passively absorbing it. The ground is roughly 55 degrees Fahrenheit year round. So that water is just absorbing that heat. And then what your heat pump does, which sits, as I said, where your furnace used to be, is it extracts the heat from that water and it actually boosts the temperature. So you're not heating your house with 55 degree air, which would not be comfortable for anyone. Right. You're heating it, you know, 120 degree air um, and setting your thermostat to whatever temperature you're comfortable with. Okay. Crazy. That is crazy that it just does it just through cycling, the water cycling through. It's Jeez, actually very this? simple even though it seems kind of magical. Um, yeah. And that heat pump itself is, it's actually like very similar to an air conditioner. All an air conditioner is doing is exchanging heat with the air outside your yeah. house. Yep. Heat pump is exchanging heat with the ground and it can run in both heating and cooling mode, which an air conditioner typically cannot. So you wow. drive basically an inch and a quarter pipe down to the ground between 300 and 500 feet it circulates back up, comes into the house. You have a machine that extracts the heat from the pipe, and it heats your home. That's the, that's the simplicity of it all, right? That's it. And then in the summer, the whole system works in reverse. So you're taking heat out of your home, out of the air in your home, and you're moving it into the ground. And that works really efficiently, too, because heat loves to go from hot places to cool places, uh, mm -hmm. thermodynamically speaking. And your house is hotter than it is underground in, in the summer. So mm -hmm. it's much easier to move heat into the ground than it is for an air conditioner to push it into the hot outdoor air, which is how air conditioners work. Right. Huh. So, so what do you use? Like a, so you would pull up on site to someone's home and you must come in with a truck that's like a drill. Because yep. especially in New England, you're going to be hitting ledge and granite and all that that's great right. stuff. That's so right. You drill right. You drill right through it. And when do you decide... You know, you said 300 to 500 feet. When do you decide we can stop here? At like, yeah. It, how do you do that? How does that work? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, before we install a system, we design it. So we figure out, given the nature of the home that we're putting the system in for, how much, how much heating and cooling capacity do they require? So, of course, if you have a really large home, you're probably going to need a deeper hole or more holes than if you have a really small home or a really... Um, insulated home. Oh. So we how much heating does the home need? And then we size the hole to make sure that that well, what we call a geothermal well, can deliver enough heat to keep that home comfortable. So if you have a really large house, you may need multiple pipes in the ground? That's right. Yeah. Wow. And it, okay. it sort of scales as much as it needs to. So you know, there was a mansion that we designed that would have needed like 25 um, geothermal wells. And like that would have saved an incredible amount of fuel oil because they, you know, were burning just a tremendous amount every winter to keep that mansion warm. So it was very right. cost effective, even though they needed a lot of geothermal wells. Wow. I, I just realized something while we were talking about this. I have a, well, I had a customer who came from New York City and he was living in Connecticut, but he moved back closer to the city. 
He was totally stressed type A. He was into the engineering. And I, I'm pretty sure that they were putting that, that system in the buildings in Manhattan. They're, they're digging down to put him in the high-rise buildings because that's what he was working on with all these engineers and stuff that he was bugging out. Because he did, he did mention that geothermal. Yeah. And I was like over my head because it's all green. You know, it's environmental, environmentally safe. Right. So he didn't get into it really deep, but I remember him using the words geothermal. Hmm. So they must be doing that also in Manhattan on high-rise buildings. I'm sure it's on a bigger scale, of course. Yeah. You, are you aware of that at all? Are you yeah. aware of that? St. Patrick's Cathedral in Manhattan uses geothermal um, for heating and cooling. And wow. in Manhattan, you would just go, you know, there's no land area. So right. you no. down, right? It's like all you need is enough. Um, contact with the earth and you can do that through having many holes or just having a really 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 deep hole which is I assume the direction you go in when trying to do a high rise in Manhattan with geothermal right I wow. would think so yeah well it's interesting so my good so my question yeah. has been answered okay it now is. I know what he was doing yeah. <laughs> Thank now you. you know what he's been now up to now I know yeah now you know why he was so stressed years, out I figured it out he's trying to find a piece of grass in Manhattan that's, yeah. that's why he was stressed out. But Manhattan is too. It's like is rock. It's ledge. It's it's like it's slate. It's, it's oh, is it's it? A, there's a tectonic plate under Manhattan, from what I that I'm aware huh. of. So anyway. one thing I heard once is that you can tell um, where bedrock in Manhattan is close to surface by looking at how tall the buildings are. So the part of Manhattan that has the tallest buildings has yeah. bedrock coming right to surface because it's you can make a taller building and it's very stable if you can just like. Anchor right. it into bedrock. Wow. Right. So huh. Yeah. Get a sense of the geology just by looking at the skyline. Wow. That's interesting. That's another thing huh. I learned today. Man. I'm glad I showed up. <laughs> I'm glad I showed right? up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Some days, I tell you. I could have been learning this all by myself. I know. I know. No, I doubt it. Couldn't even, <laughs> couldn't even talk about right, it. Right. You're right. You're right. You had to dumb it down it. for me. Now I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm like uh, Mr. Intelligent here now. Yeah. <laughs> So how long have you been doing this? Yeah. How'd you get involved in this? Well, I was working at X, which is Alphabet's innovation lab. And um, my job was to find great opportunities for X. So X is looking for businesses that could be very impactful and potentially very uh, like scale to very large businesses. And the thing about, you know, geothermal isn't where I thought this journey would lead me. I hadn't actually heard of it very much before, kind of like you two, when you were like, I've heard of it, but I don't really know what it is. That's how yeah. I, um, but the thing that's so incredible about it is, you know, heating systems are in basements, they're in utility closets. We never see them. They're kind of designed to be out of sight. So I mm -hmm. hadn't really considered how much energy and money we really spend just heating buildings, but it's incredible. It's yeah. like, you know, tens of billions of dollars just in the state of Connecticut every year that goes towards buying things like fuel oil and propane um, and that gas. And the thing is like everyone owns their land already. All homeowners have some yard, maybe it's small, maybe it's big, yep. but they actually have energy resources and not in the way we typically think of it, like oil and gas wells, but actually just like heat. You know, it's just renewable mm -hmm. heat. It's there. It's right under the home already. And so the idea that we could just use that heat that's right there next to the home instead of paying all this money and, you know, devastating the environment and all the things we do to heat homes right. otherwise, 
it's just such a, it was a very captivating idea to me. So um, this became a project at X and then we spun it out and it became a startup in 2017. So to your question of how long I've been doing this, the company is just over three years old now. Right. Wow. Good for you. Are you, are you national? Are you, are you international? Your company or someday? Yep. Someday. (laughs) <laughs> Today we serve New York, so we made the decision to really focus geographically because the market size is so big. Yeah. So we could actually grow the company really quickly without um, serving too broad a geographical area, which allowed us to really focus on operational uh, efficiency and just becoming very focused and efficient before we expanded. Um, but we're actually gearing up to start expanding into neighboring states soon. So places right. like Connecticut and Massachusetts are really top of the list for us. Nice. I have to tell you, um, when I was a kid, I was in high school and my parents had uh, a piece of land and it was, they were thinking about building on that, on the land and they found a company that was kind of doing the same geothermal project, but they would build it into a mountain or they build it into a hill. They would build the berm and they would build a false wall, and it was somehow the, the air would circulate the heat, and it would circulate the cool air. Um, and my parents were really interested in doing that. And they asked about, you know, let's get it done. And the, and the company said, well, we're backlogged for about five years. Oof. So they just, they just canceled it, and they ended up selling the property. But um, there, were, there were things going on with that way back when, you know. Yeah, how far back does this? Does this uh, um, geothermal geothermal thing? thing. How did it all start? You're right. (laughs) You know, it goes back for decades and decades. So people have been installing geothermal systems. You know, I couldn't tell you the exact date that the first one went in, but I would guess, you know, at least the 1940s. Um, No kidding. And those early systems still, you know, like ground loops last. You put that, it's just an inert, pipe in a hole buried in the ground so that ground loop will essentially last as long as the home it serves which is a great feature of geothermal because you only need to install the ground loop once and you sort of have it forever but um but it you know it's never really taken off as a technology because it's been way too expensive for people in the past so a lot of what dandelion is doing is systematically breaking down those barriers and making it affordable so that normal people can use the heating they already own in their yard instead of buying inconvenient fuels. Um, so, so how do you make it affordable? So we've done a lot of, like, there are a lot of different facets to that problem. I would say that, um, one major thing we've done is in the past, geothermal system designers and installers, have really treated every home like a custom retrofit. And um, so it's been like an engineer designing a custom design for every home. And then uh, the, the equipment is all very customized and produced in low volume. And there isn't a dedicated drill, but you like pay a well driller to come in and install your geothermal system between water wells. And so just the way the whole industry is set up it's very low volume, very high customization, which as you guys know, leads to very high cost. Sure. Um, so sure. one thing that we've done just across the board is ruthlessly standardize everything so that um, 
you know, we have a solution that works for most, but not all homes, but the mm -hmm. homes that it works for, it's simple, straightforward, and much more cost effective. And then we've um, bolstered that approach with new technology. So we have a drill we've designed that's specifically designed to install geothermal wells. We have a heat pump that we've built specifically for residential retrofit. So for installing in homes that used to have furnaces. Um, and we've been working a lot on our design tools so that you don't actually need a lot of design man hours from a professional engineer to do a really high quality job with your design and all of those it, things to lower cost. Does it, does it run like on 110 volts on the, the heat pump? Do you know, or is it 220? Do you know? Um, Curious. Not the right person at the end of the day. Neither are we. Ah Neither are we. <laughs> yeah, just plug it in the wall. Like, like sprouts. Yeah, there you just go. Plug yeah, just plug wall. it in the wall. Plug Why it not? The wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, so it has to, the pump has to run on electricity. So right. So, so that's my question. So, um, you can probably what pay for all of those, you know, pieces of the mechanics and, and everything else up front, and then you own it all. And then you, the only bill you have every month would be the electrical bill that runs the pump. Is that, is that correct? That's one way that you can pay. So some of okay. our customers choose to do that. And I'll clarify that it's the pump and the compressor. So there are two. Uh, major energy users there. The compressor yeah. is in the heat pump and it's um, boosting that temperature, if you will, from that 55 degrees to 120 to circulate through your home. Okay. Um, but another way that many of our customers choose to pay is with a loan. So kind of like with solar, you know, mm -hmm. if you finance your solar panels, you still come out lower, less expensive than your electricity bill would have been. We're yep. similar. So homeowners can pay nothing up front for the system, pay for it with a loan, and their monthly payment plus their electricity to run the system is still lower than what they would have otherwise been paying for really? for fuel oil. So right. it makes a very cost effective solution because they're cash flow positive from day one. Huh. Cash flow positive. <laughs> Love that word. Yeah. Yeah. It's the next word I like today. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have solar power. So solar power, geothermal, man. Yeah. I'm really kind of like kind of living off the grid. Yeah, you would be. Right. So right. I mean, you I would imagine those two do go well together, right? Solar and geothermal. Yeah, because you can run your geothermal heat pump using your solar panels. Right. Yeah, you figured out the whole system, away, haven't baby. you? You figured out the whole system. I just got a new boiler, so that ain't going to work. <laughs> yeah. But I could probably use it up in New Hampshire. I use it up in New Hampshire. Yeah, you could. Have, you know, I have propane heat, but that's on the outside. But I can come over there and they can drill. That'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, so here's a question. Maybe you can answer this. Maybe you got to ask somebody else. So if you have a property that's near the water, um, are there state regulations where you can drill to drill that hole? Even though it doesn't. It's it's not really infecting the the waterways. It's not um, right. What do you think? You know that yeah, there are um, there are permitting requirements in different yep. counties that we abide by and sort yep. of like have an expertise in. But in general, we there are sort of best practices where you want to be set back ten feet from the property line. And there are also um, usually when there are wetlands permitting requirements around giving enough distance between the, the well and the wetland. That said, 
these are um, the geothermal well is we drill it and then we install the loop, which is the plastic pipe that circulates the water. It's cl a closed loop, so no water is getting exchanged with the environment. It's all contained. Mm -hmm. And then we fill yeah. that well with grout, which is um, kind of like yep. a cement like yep. substance. Yep. And it yep. just creates thermal contact between the loop and the ground. And it also prevents any cross-contamination between aquifers. Mm -hmm. So what we don't want is cross an aquifer layer and then cross another one later down further and then have those two aquifers communicate. It's just best practice to keep everything in isolation. So mm -hmm. the grout does do that and it is a best practice. Um, so really the, the, the risk is very low because there's nothing in the system that could contaminate and we've really like protected the hole so that no water is being exchanged in different parts of the water table. Hmm. Are there any, uh, tax credits being offered with the geothermal right now? There are um, there's a 26% federal tax credit. So wow. that's actually quite substantial, which makes yeah. it a very good time to do this. And yeah. it's actually going, unfortunately, to 22% next year. Mm -hmm. And then it's scheduled down to 0% the year after that. So <sighs> I think, you know, a lot of the influx and demand we're seeing right now is driven by people want to get their system in while the government will pay for over a fourth of it um right now right um, yeah so, yeah so there's substantial credits and then the states also offer in addition to that federal credit credits so in new york uh the utilities all offer credits in connecticut the the, the energy efficiency organization there offers a $1,500 per ton credit and a typical system is four or five tons. So that really adds up. Oh, wow. Yeah. So between state credits and the federal credits and just like the savings compared to fuel oil and propane, it's, you know, there's a lot of value. Wow. So, Are you going to come to New Hampshire? You coming to New Hampshire? Well, you know what? I grew up in Durham, New Hampshire. So. Yeah. Oh, boy. Here Stop. we go. Here we go. I'm in Atkinson. Yeah. <laughs> How come you don't talk funny like him? Yeah, right. You don't talk. You don't talk like me, like wicked pissa yeah. type of dog. You know? No, no, because she's you're in New York now, right? You live in New York, right? I do now. I yeah, because I used to talk just like you when I lived in Manhattan. I talked just like you. I had no eyes. I was fine. I could say coffee, you know, coffee, uh -huh. coffee, however you say it. And then I come back home. I go back to New Hampshire and. Look at me. I'm like, yeah, get the cow. Let's go. Still hope for me. I could return. I could oh, become yeah. one again. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, you never lose it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just one weekend up there, you'll go home and you go, wow, what a piss of time we had, huh? Ah, <laughs> oh, wicked, wicked good time. Get, get, <laughs> Kathy, stay in New York. Stay <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. The Red Sox <laughs> tattoo. Yeah. Ah, it was a great time. What's the Kelly's clam bar? It was great down Riviera, right? No, no not happening. No. I understand. I'm sorry, Kevin. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Anyhow, anywho. So now for um, for displacing the heat or, or putting the heat and the cooling into the house, do you guys take care of ductwork or is that something that people do on their own ahead of time or how does that work? We do um, we do both options. So if the ductwork is complex or 
you know, goes into finished spaces or, you know, there's anything sophisticated about it, we tend to, we tend to recommend the customer gets a ductwork focused company to do it just because we yeah. focus on geothermal and that's really our core expertise. But sometimes um, a modification is needed here or there. It's a very straightforward job and then we're happy to help. So there's a little bit of both going on. And then okay. we hope to be able to serve homes that um, that use hydronic systems for heating. You know, it's uh, today we really focus on delivering heat through ducts. And the nice part about that is you get cooling too. Yes. But um, certainly one of the areas that we'll continue to develop over time is making products that work for all homes, because not all homes, obviously, especially in the Northeast, have duct. Right. right, right, exactly. So a lot of times here, what we do is we'll put um, a system up in the attic and then one down in the basement. Do you guys do the same thing? We do. Yep. We see yeah. that all the time. Yeah. It's just, it's just easier that way with the duck work, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. much easier. What's some of the biggest challenges that you have to deal with when you, when you got to deal with like, you know, subcontractors and installation and stuff like that. What are some of the challenges? Well, you know, because this product involves putting a ground heat exchanger, that plastic pipe in the ground, you need, drilling expertise, then you need to connect that well into the house, which requires some excavation work. And then you need to install the heat pump and remove the furnace that was there before. So you're looking at three different types of expertise that haven't always been united in one company before. And that's part of what we are developing, right? Sort of a new workforce that's a geothermal workforce. But in the beginning, um, and still now, sometimes today we... We subcontract some of that work. We do other parts of it in-house. And it's there is a coordination challenge there. You know, we want to make it as streamlined and efficient as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've just gained so much by bringing more and more of that work in-house and also just trying to buy the installations, continue to sort of streamline the designs so that even though you're requiring three different types of work, it's a very straightforward installation for the homeowner. So just like solar power and, and with your company too, you're always constantly redesigning your systems then as you're, you know, improving them all the time. Just like, you know, yeah. I think solar is a good comparison because at the beginning of that industry, you had roofers and you had electricians, but you didn't have installers, right? Yep, and now yep. you do. Now there are millions of solar installers. And I think that will happen with geo as well. It's like we have drillers and we have HVAC installers. You know, I, I do think that as time goes on, we'll see those trades um, sort of meld into something that's more. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. So. Yeah, that makes sense. That's part of our challenge. Well, that's like with the solar power when I had to put on, they had the crew. Yeah. They had their electricians with them. I mean, they had it all systematic. They had an engineer that comes out and checks out your roof. That, and then they they had the installers. So while the guys were installing the panels, the electricians were running the lines and, you know, setting up the power grid into the house and stuff like that. So the same thing is with, same thing is with your, your company too. Right. Technology. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Now, is this a highly competitive uh, market that you're in, or is there not too many people doing what you do? Um, Today, there really aren't too many people doing what we do, and it's it's not very 
competitive in the sense that there aren't a lot of geothermal companies today. But we consider our competition to be, you know, fuel oil and gas furnaces, right? Like that's really our challenge is to teach homeowners that there is this other option for them. Stocks. Stocks. (laughs) I'm investing in you guys. (laughs) Have you gone public yet? (laughs) We haven't. No, okay. Oh, <laughs> I got my thumb on it right there. Yeah, yeah. You'll be the first yep. one. Yeah. Yep. Go, yeah, golly. Yeah. Well, I'm, honored. I'm honored as one New Hampshire native to another. Absolutely. Yeah, Jimmy's got a $20 bill burning in his pocket. Okay. Don't worry. Are you kidding me? That'd be freaking awesome. I would love that. I yeah. Would love that. Yeah. I'd be the first one in. You know, when I finally did sit there and research this a little bit and learn about it, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, amazed by it and i'm just surprised it's not taken off even more so yet i mean i think it's coming it's got to be coming you know everybody's so green and you know how to save money on your heating and cooling and stuff i mean this is like a no-brainer so go ahead go ahead ahead. i mean i know i'm a little biased but it's like (laughs) (laughs) when we tell people hey you don't have to worry about running out of fuel oil you don't have to be subject to like prices being so unpredictable with fuel oil you could get central ac you can actually like not pollute from your system or generate like the bad smell that comes with oil and all that and And you get the carbon monoxide too yeah get rid of carbon monoxide by the way it's less expensive than what you're already paying it's like what i don't know it's just yeah um, it's a no-brainer why wouldn't you of course you would want that you know right So where do you see the uh, geothermal in ten years? I I think the solar industry today paints us a bit of a map for where heat pumps will be in ten years. It will be like everyone will know what it is. Everyone will know somebody who has it. I think fuel oil and propane will be very much fading just because they're not products people love right it's like a necessary evil and there will be this um and i think that the workforce and the products and the technology will have advanced a decade so the installations will be cheaper faster um there will just be like it will it will be more akin to getting a new furnace, like that level of commitment. You know, people yeah. don't think much of it. Oh, I have to get a new furnace. You get a new furnace. It's like not something you want to do every day, but it's pretty standard stuff. I think mm-hmm. we'll feel more like that about this type of product. Um, so it'll just, my hope is that we'll see the fraction of homes that are using renewable heat just really take off and um, it will make a huge difference just to the energy mix that we use as society and, and certainly clean up our air quality, too, which is another right. sort of side yeah. benefit that we don't think about that often. Yeah. So I have a, I have a quick question for you. <clears throat> With my solar power that I have, and we know that the energy and in, in basically the systems, they're always being upgraded. They're always finding, a, you know, better ways of doing it. And I, I guess... In my system, if they get a better transformer, a better receiver, whatever, they're going to call me up and they're going to put it in. Um, your company. So you design a heat pump, a water pump, a heat pump, and then all of a sudden, a year down the road, you've just made something that's much more efficient, 
that can produce more. Do you go to the homeowner that has already rented the system from you or, or you know, and say, hey, look, Joe, we got a nice pump for you. We're going to change it out. Do you do stuff like that that do you know of? Do you see that down the road is what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I mean, with geothermal heat pumps, they're uh, they're so efficient already. So like um, the model we install, it's about four times more efficient than electric resistance heating. So even if we came out with a model that was five times more efficient, that incremental efficiency bump would actually not be that it wouldn't translate into that much money got you. because I got you. Are so efficient. It's like getting a car that you have a car that goes 60 miles per gallon and then you find a way to make it go 70 miles per gallon. It's like at that, that point, the incremental savings, it's there, but it's just, it's like a lot less than when you got yeah, it got to you. go from to 60. So I don't, I don't, um, because of that, it hasn't been something that our customers have really been worried about. I think they save enough just based on what they used to be spending for their old heating system that it's worth it for them to make the change early because every year that they've switched over, they're saving money, you know. Um, Where were these but yeah, three years ago, you know, three years <laughs> ago, I would have done it. Yeah, I definitely would have done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You got to come back up to New Hampshire. Got to come up to New Hampshire. <laughs> Got to do it. I'm, I'm interested in it. I am. I am. <laughs> so what is a, what do you hear, if anything, about the negatives? Is, yeah. Has anybody come to you and say, well, this is an issue, or, or is it just because of lack of education on their part? Yeah, I mean, the major negative with um, getting geothermal installed is that you do have to put that ground loop in under your yard. And so... You know, we try to be very clear with homeowners that a drill will have to come onto their property and drill a hole that's 300, 500 feet deep so that we <laughs> yeah. that, that, you know, pipe in and then we cover it and return the yard to rough grade, which means, yeah. you know, you don't have any heavy equipment to fix it, but you might have to, you'll, you will have to replant the grass and like any oh, landscape yeah. in the way of the drill gets destroyed. So, you know, that's certainly a downside that doesn't exist conventional system. I think it's a downside that most homeowners are willing to endure because they only have to install that ground loop once and it will be there for the duration right. of that. And so, yeah. you know, it's a one-time cost. Yeah. And then you get right. a lot of benefit. And, and some grass seed. That's, yeah. that's all it is. A little aggressive. It's a a couple, little seed. Yeah, yeah. A little scotch. Yeah. 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 Put a sprinkler on it and, you know, it's good. Go tree right. 50 bucks. That's it. Yeah. Time. Bye. <laughs> See ya. That's what you should do. Yeah. That's a sale incentive. You put in this geothermal, we'll give you a 50-pound bag of grassine for free. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I'm yeah. sold. Yeah. Get back to the team. Suggest it. You know, we have gotten better at bringing sort of a photo book of this is what this house looked like after their loop went in. This uh -huh. is what this yard like after their loop went in, you know, just to like, I think as long as homeowners know what's coming, it is worth it. Like they're fine with it. It's just, you never want to be in a position to surprise as you guys, right. I'm sure know uh -huh. um, something, you know, being a little rougher than, than what's expected. So mm -hmm. that's been, yeah, that I would say one of the main downsides compared to just getting a normal 
are by normal, I mean conventional furnace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, do you have geothermal at your house? Well, I wish I had a house, but I don't. <laughs> oh, you don't have a house. Okay, there she you go. An apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <An> apartment. <laughs> All right. If this company ever goes public, maybe I will have a house, but until okay. then, I will. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I don't. Um, yeah. But I absolutely, um, yeah, I feel like when the time comes, of course, it's something that I'll do. And for a lot of our employees, we do have a program at the company where they get a great deal on the system. And so a lot of our employees have been able to, to switch, which has been a nice perk. Nice. How many people work for the company? We have about 65 or so employees that work wow. for the company. Great. Wow. That's good. And how are you guys making out during the uh, pandemic? You guys yeah. been able to keep moving? Well, no, actually. So we were, um, we were forced to stop work for quite some time just because all construction in New York was halted and that's right, energy that's right. under that. So we weren't allowed to work, but now yeah. we're back, which has been great to be back. Yeah. I hear that one benefit that came, kind of an unexpected benefit that came, was our model um, pre-coronavirus was to do a lot of our uh, meetings with homeowners at their homes. And we oh, were been forced to really not do that because no one wants strangers coming into their homes right now. Right, and right, right. Like, not the greatest thing to be doing. So mm-hmm. we've um, embraced technology, video calls, trying to um, do as much as we can remotely. And it's actually worked out really well. And I think it's really um, opened up a lot of possibility for us. For example, the ability to start to expand into Connecticut from New York without having to worry about driving too much, you know? Right, Just right. Really- a lot of that work remotely before install, I think, really enables us. So that's nice. been one thing that's come out of it. Well, good. I'm glad you guys are back up and running. Yeah, we were very fortunate up here that we were considered essential businesses, which we had no idea we were. But And uh, we were able to stay working, which is good for the guys. But uh, yeah, glad to hear you guys are back up and running. So, yeah. well, listen, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. I learned a ton. I hope everybody else did, too, that was listening. You learned a little something, I Mr. Learned Jim? A lot. Yeah. I learned a lot. So, Kathy, how do uh, people find Dandelion Energy? Dandelionenergy.com. Oh, that's Perfect. a tough one. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> it's a great website, too. I, I've been on it. So, um, And I also did enjoy the uh, video that's on there uh, from this old house, which I thought oh, was really cool. Thank yeah, you. So yeah, that, yeah, you guys did a good job. Yeah. So. Yeah. I got to talk to you after we get off the air. I, gotta, I, I think we know, a, we know a person. I think you and I know a person in this business. So we'll talk. I don't want to mention his name on the air right now because in case he wants to come back and sue me or something. <laughs> we'll wait. We'll talk about it. Why? Why does Kathy look like she's hitting the button to, to end the call oh, right now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Whoops. whoops. <laughs> All right, Kathy. Thanks a lot for joining us. We really appreciate it. Have uh, many, many more years of success. Yeah. Really. So much. Thanks for having me. It's been You're really welcome. fun. All right, Jimmy. We're gonna do it again next week. Absolutely. All right, buddy. We'll see Bye. you later. Bye, everyone. Bye.